Oh, I forgot to say in one of our recent episodes. Happy New Year. Oh, happy Happy New Year. This is like February now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I mean, welcome to the podcast's podcast. <laughs> this is going to be August. <laughs> yeah. Welcome nice. to the podcast's podcast. Um, we're, our New Year's resolution is to be more green. Yeah, we, we want to care more for the environment. Um, so... Kane bought a car with a really big engine. <laughs> um, but to counteract that, we're going to talk about how you recycle within a podcast. Yes. And I'm not talking about your mic stands or yeah. your, your cameras, how you can recycle guests, content, sponsors, and episodes recorded on other podcasts. They're the four, right? Yeah, unless we have more as we go. Yeah, as Which we, we often do. <laughs> Let's start with guests then. Yeah, but by the way, top tip for planning episodes. One or two points and hope your brain thinks of something halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we bulk record. Yeah, uh, unbelievable, right? Good yes. job we can think on the um, spot. Where, where do you want to kick off? Guests. Guests. This is one of my favourite ones, actually. I'm sure you say that on every single one. I like I, 100% people's... you're going to be like, this one's one of my favourite ones on the next point. Hey, it's about getting people four. excited to get to the top four. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we think of more as we go, then it's top six. Right, go on. Anyway, this is one of my favourite ones. If you get a guest, so we talk about the social hierarchy and step laddering up. So if I get C-list guest, Ash, I would then go to Ash's network. So go straight to his social media or ask him who he knows. Because... If you ask a guest at the end of each episode, who is it that you know that we should interview next, they will almost always give you somebody who is higher than them in their social hierarchy. It's an ego thing. They just think, well, if I say I know such and such, that makes me look good. And I feel good and powerful if I can then introduce you to to those people. That strokes my ego. So by having a guest, you can ask them to introduce you. Or you can tell a bit of a white lie and go straight to their social media, see who they're engaging with, see who's engaging with them, you know, see who follows them. That's, you know, a B list or an A list higher up that social hierarchy and then say, oh, just interviewed such and such. They told me that I must interview next. Like, Would you like to come on the show? And then this is why it's really important to post consistently with clips of your podcast, because then if you DM them that on, say, Instagram or LinkedIn, they can then just click on your name and then immediately they're greeted with clips of the person that you're referencing. So you've got that credibility. So using your guests to introduce you to new people, but also just getting guests back on again. I was going to say that if you've got a really good guest that landed well with your audience, don't get them back on and record the same content again. But if there's another angle or there's, if it was timely content and a lot's happened since then, you can do it a lot. If you if you do a timely podcast, you can get someone on repeatedly. Yeah. Like one of my favourite podcasts gets on a football journalist every week to talk about what's happened the week before. Mm. So the audience really likes this guest, so he comes on every week. So you can recycle guests, but don't recycle them and do the exact same content. Recycle them with the intention to change the angle, add more to it, but you already know your audience likes them. Exactly. And if you interview somebody, right, and it's going really well and it's going on, if you're hitting the 90 minute mark, you just got to, as a host, I think anyway, go, right, let's call it there and have people wanting more. Because if they give so much value at, you know, hour two, two and a half, 
three. Unless you're Joe Rogan, people aren't listening to that. Even with Joe Rogan's, most people aren't listening that far in, right? Mm. They're just not. So you're better off having a break for, say, a few months, three, four, five months, getting them back on, and then exploring that interesting stuff that they wanted to talk about at the end of the last episode. Because it does them justice, because it means more people will listen to what they have to say. If you have a three-hour episode, or you have somebody on three times for an hour over a year, your audience is going to consume more of that person's content. And having multiple touch points of that guest means people are more likely to go and follow them, maybe go buy their book or whatever it is. So you're doing your guest more justice. You're doing your audience more justice. And you don't have to plan as many episodes. Very true. What's the second one? We have guests, sponsors, sponsors and brand partners. Yeah, so sponsors, advertisers, brand partners, we'll just throw them all in. People who pay you to talk about them. Mm. Sponsors. (laughs) Anyway, so... um, you can use them against each other is the biggest thing. So mm-hmm. s- similar to guests, you can just renew sponsors multiple times. Mm-hmm. Really, I quite like the transition from a sponsor to a, a brand partner or, or you being a brand ambassador. Where Similar to Stephen Bartlett with Huel. You know, that side is sponsorship. He likes the product. Now when somebody says Huel, I think Stephen. Mm-hmm. Like because like that is that brand partnership, and then he's you know invested in that company, and that was one of the early sponsors of Diary of a CEO. I quite like that, and it saves effort to try and go find new sponsors if you can just start on a three month, then maybe a, a six or a twelve month, and then maybe a longer term deal or or maybe equity or you know whatever that eventually progresses to. But if you don't do that, you can use them against each other. Mm-hmm. So, if you've got a sponsorship deal, thing is, a lot of people haven't sponsored podcasts yet. There's a lot of money, billions are being spent on podcast advertising, but there's still a lot of brands that haven't explored it yet. And a lot Naturally. that want to, but are scared. Exactly. So, if you collect data, I think it's really important to get the data from your sponsor on the website visitors, the order values, you know, all the key metrics, the KPIs that a company might want to know before parting with cash to see if this will convert, get all of that data. Because then when you approach another company for a sponsorship, if they've never sponsored podcasts before, go, well, we've, sponsored, we've been sponsored by somebody else in your industry. Here's what they paid us. Here's what the term was. Here's what they got in return. They signed up for another one, whatever. Our prices have now gone up. We're not working with them anymore. Are you interested? Right? But I've mentioned it a couple of times put them against each other. If you get an offer or you've had a sponsor from brand A, go to their competitor, brand B, or maybe they've got a few competitors. Go, this is the offer we've got from this company. We'd like to give you the opportunity. We'd like your product too. Would you like to sponsor us? And then you can go to all of them. Just if- knowing that someone else in their space is interested, it's people are sheep, right? So everyone's sheep. So if it's like, oh, this other person who's doing the same thing as us is doing this, it must be a good idea. Yeah. And also... With bigger companies, their marketing isn't always offense. Sometimes it's defense. Mm. So I know a lot of the CRMs, like people like HubSpot, they will pay you to advertise if Google Cloud or Amazon AWS want to sponsor you. Right? So CRMs, 
web services, all of these different types of companies, if their biggest competitor wants to sponsor you, mm. they will give you money, not for them to get leads, but to make sure their competitor doesn't. Yeah. So like, so I'm not, they're literally playing defense with like tens of thousands of pounds to a creator, which is a wonderful position for us to be in if you're a creator. So it's really good practice to go around with the competitors. And let's be fair, it's not bad business. I've had a no. few people say like, oh, like, isn't that a bit wrong or whatever? It's like, no, that's just good business. You know, if you're a restaurant, you're going to go speak to a few different suppliers to make sure you get the best deal. Right. You know, it, it's just makes sense. Common so- sense, isn't it? I mean, the, the other thing as well is reach out to your previous partners, sponsors, podcast partners and sponsors to just ask for testimonials, right? Especially if you have some with good results, particularly ones that are specific results so they can, they can put a number on something mm. and tangible. For example, oh, this campaign generated 30 sales totaling £100,000 exactly is way better than oh this generated a load of sales so if you can get something like that like that then that's amazing even if it's not like a tangible result and it's like oh this really helped put us on the map that was super easy to deal with then if you're talking to brands in a similar space and maybe not even a direct competitor they're going to be like oh i don't know if it will actually work oh let me see oh it worked for this other brand they made a load of money or oh they were really happy with the service social proof is massive in every industry and even more in podcasting because you can't really see how something's going to work beforehand. It's not like Facebook ads where you'd be like, well, CPM will be about this. Cost per click will be about this. It's like, I'm throwing money at these people and hoping for the best. Yeah. So if someone else has done it before and you can see their results because they've shared them with you, that's going to help you so much to get future sponsorship. Um, and even if it's not, like I said, amazing results, but them just speaking positively about the experience will encourage brands in a similar space to use you. This is why if you're repurposing your content in written form, so things like newsletters, building up your email list, it does make it easier to secure those sponsors just because that is more predictable. Similar to Facebook, it's like, mm. this is my open rate, this is my click-through rate, right? Here's you know how much people bought through the, my affiliate links or through my store. Um, so the podcast is the main thing that they want to sponsor, but that gets added in certain mm. Couple that with Oh, I've had previous sponsors. Here's the result they got. People will be throwing money at me. Yeah, 100%. Question for you. Did you get any nice presents for Christmas? Um, I got a few pairs of shoes. Nice. Which was good. And they were all ones that I was going to buy, but then I just asked for them instead, so I didn't have to pay for them. Good. Um, got some more clothes. I got a bag. Bag? Just a nice big gym bag. Good. Um, load of chocolate. Deodorant, standard stuff. Didn't get any socks this year. Bit, bit disappointed. Um, but yeah, what about yourself? Nothing. All I wanted for our listeners to follow the show. <laughs> and, and here we are in the new year, giving them all this value. And they haven't followed the show. You're still listening mm. since last year. And I know by this point, we've had some pretty decent interviews come yeah, recently. Out. And... We may have some exciting partnerships on the horizon. And some big guests. So, so follow the show. Make sure you're notified. Make sure you don't miss it. You can't be successful in podcasting in 2024 unless you follow this podcast. Good click magnet, that. Mm. We should use it. Anyway, back onto it. <laughs> what, was, what was the third one? Uh, content. Reusing content. content. So this, this is one that I did see and always see a lot over 
sort of the December period when people don't want to create new content is montages. And I actually quite like them. So best bits of the year, best sections of interviews. You know, if you go into your hosting site and just filter, you know, high to low on downloads in the last 12 months, find your best six or seven interviews or episodes, find the best bit within that episode, stitch it together, add a new intro to it. Great. You've got a whole episode there. And I've seen a few shows that over that weird Christmas New Year break mm. doesn't really exist. They uploaded sort of two montage episodes just because they had loads of good content over the years. Like, right. That probably took an editor, I don't know, an hour to do. Because mm. if you've done the episodes, you've done the clips, you've done the show notes, you already know what the best bits are within mm. the interview. Then if you just go to your hosting site to find out what was the most viewed episodes... Go to those episodes, go to your show notes, find the best clips. If it's on YouTube as well, then you can actually see where the retention Exactly. Works. So uh, I think that's um, a really good way to use content. And Zane was saying before we started recording, producer Zane, he listens to them or watches on YouTube. I watch them. I don't know if any of your creators that, that you watch do it, but I really like them, especially towards the end of the year. Or if you're just really scrambling for some content, you need to fill some time. That's a good way to do it. And also re-uploading episodes. I was going to say re-uploading or re-recording, not exactly the same, but like, I mean, look at us, we're 150 episodes into a podcast about podcasting. Who would have thought? Oh, no, right. We sometimes go back to episodes that are at least six months old and be like, oh, we can talk about this one and add this into it or yeah. approach this from a new angle. So just reusing ideas, but tweaking them slightly because odds are a lot of our, a lot of the people that listened then, well, hopefully some of them still listen now, but a lot of the people listening now, sorry, wouldn't have seen that episode. Yeah. Think if you, if your following is doubling every three or six months, after six months, there'll be more people that haven't seen that content. Mm. And even though let's say it's doubled, it doesn't mean all of those people from before are still here. You could have lost, say, twenty percent and just gained a, a lot more. So it does pay to repeat the important stuff. Again, for your sort of diehard fans that have been around and they watch everything, add something or come at it from a different angle so it's not really repetitive. Yeah. But some points and key things within your industry might really be worth laboring, especially if it's an educational podcast. Obviously, you don't really have this issue if it's entertainment shows mm. or interviews as much. But yeah, re-uploading just content. Honestly, I've seen people do this all the time. Maybe it's an episode. If you're 150, 300 episodes in, you know, if episode 14 is really good, chances are none of your current followers have heard that. You could re-upload that. Mostly I would do this through the Christmas breaks. If you're, you know, when people aren't really listening or if you're completely run out of content somehow and you're scrambling for it. Um, or also just if it's really, really strong content, I mm. would. But make sure you record a new intro for it and explain why you're doing it, explain why it's valuable because you might mention something in there about an election but it's four years has passed <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, makes right. sense yeah it's still talking about donald trump um right last one is your guest episodes on other shows mm -hmm. right now this can be super useful based on what we talked about in the previous episode that we just recorded you want to build a relationship with your audience mm. sometimes you don't want to be sat there interviewing someone talking about yourself all the time so it can piss off the new listeners more than anything but if you've been interviewed on another podcast and revealed a lot of stuff you haven't before on your show, that might be a great 
podcast to upload to your feed. It's a bit of content you don't have to think about. And I'm sure your audience would probably like to know a bit about behind the scenes of you. And it can really bring you closer to your audience. So I think that's a really smart idea. If you're struggling for audio, uh, struggling for content, you have an amazing story that you want to share, but your podcast is mostly about speaking to other people. I feel like it's a really good option to explore. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely more stealing than recycling. Um, but, you know, if, yeah, if, if they you were to <laughs> steal someone's plastic and put it in the recycling bin, I don't think anyone would complain. You're right. You are the Greta Thunberg of podcasting. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. <laughs> what a name, by the way. Uh, no, I, I think that's a great idea. Go on other people's shows, leverage their audience, take the content, upload it to your show. Odds are it's helping them out as well. Yeah, no, nobody will care. It's not really stealing. It's your voice. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all four. Have you got a, have you got a fifth to add? We, we haven't created one. You've got four favourites. Until next time, everyone. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> <laughs>